Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Wrestling and MMA podcast for March 12th. I'm doing this to make up for several of the MMA shows that were missed last week. Uh, Robin Black still wasn't in town to do his show. Elias was in L.A. hanging out with Brendan Schaub and going to Disneyland. Sean Pearson had some work issues, some flooding, lots of stuff going on there. And, of course, I couldn't interview myself Friday. But uh, pretty soon we'll have something very similar to that. For registered members of Fightful.com, I'm going to do a show maybe once every two, three weeks or so that is just for registered members of Fightful.com. It'll have no ads, nothing of that nature, so it'll be a little different. I'll talk about anything you want, whether it's entertainment, movies. I know you all love my taste in movies, sports, music, anything, or wrestling, MMA. It's really, really anything. But uh, there were three things in particular I wanted to talk about, and this will be an abbreviated show. UFC Fight Night, Fortaleza, the first impact of the new regime, as well as uh, Ring of Honor's 15th anniversary show. Let's, let's go through the ROH show first. Christopher Daniels, at 45 years old, finally got his championship. I think that was, I thought that match was phenomenal. I thought the swerve at the end was phenomenal. I thought that Christopher Daniels' promo where he cried and that video, that was just unbelievable. They've had a big roster turnover. That's something I talked to Ring of Honor COO Joe Koff about, which is up on the YouTube page and the website. Go check that out. We'll have several stories coming out of that. But that's something I talked to him about. They've lost a lot of people. Kyle O'Reilly was a big one uh, last month, maybe two months ago. And Christopher Daniels had to step into that slot, and he's more than capable, even at 45, of doing so. He and Adam Cole had had an outstanding match. You won't see me breaking down a lot of things technically on this show. It was just some some good wrestling, some really good wrestling. And the Kazarian swerve, it was very much like what happened with Jericho at Roadblock, end of the line. But this was a little bit more drawn out. Kazarian joined the Bullet Club. It feels like months ago at the tapings, but it just paid off. I don't know when it aired on TV. I'd have to figure that out. 
But the Daniels Cole thing, man, that was that felt special. It felt good. And Kerry Silken came out afterwards and presented Christopher Daniels with not just the Ring of Honor World Championship, but the old Ring of Honor World Championship, the, the silver one with the the ROH letters, because it was their fifteenth anniversary. And Daniels is one of the the OGs of Ring of Honor. Also, Hardy's Young Bucks, Rapongi Vice. That match was incredible. Matt Hardy's in good shape. I'll be talking more about this Hardy situation here in a little bit with, with Impact Wrestling. That was really, really good. Uh, the Hardys won. They, there were tables and thumbtacks and all kinds of stuff introduced. There was a spot where a table was set up, and Jeff like flipped over the ladder and did a swanton. That was really cool. Then they put thumbtacks in Trent's mouth and super kicked him. That was gross. They had to get around using the delete hand motion because Impact Wrestling sent assist, cease and desist, which I think is a little ridiculous. So what the Hardys were doing to get around that is they were chopping Rapongi Vice right after Young Bucks would do the suck it thing. I thought that was a clever way to get around it. And fortunately... The crowd picked up what the Hardys were putting down after a while, and they started to do the do, do, ah, do the delete chants along with the Hardys, and, and they're, they're basically make-up motions. Rapongi Vice was really good here, as they usually are. Trent has just been unbelievable. <laughs> a funny thing after this match, the Hardys stole the Super Cake Championships. I love that. Um, they're still claiming they have the TNA championships. They don't. Shane went and got those. We ran a story on those. That Shane Helms podcast is now open to non-members. Go over to YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher. Check it out. It's always up for our Stitcher and and YouTube or Stitcher and iTunes subscribers. But that was fun too. Also fun, Bully Ray looking like a tomato. He was red as hell, bro. So was Christopher Daniels. Goddamn, hanging around. Matt and Vince for the last two years has me saying, bro. And Christopher Daniels had that world championship tan, didn't he? <laughs> they beat War Machine and Davey Boy Smith Jr. Now, it didn't really make a lot of sense why Davey Boy Smith, a guy from Suzuki Gun, would uh, team with War Machine. But they, they if you want to put a guy in that fits stylistically with them, it, it works. This match was okay. It wasn't anything, like, phenomenal. It wasn't anything outstanding. But it was a fun match. Uh, Bully Ray and the Briscoes, they pulled off something kind of big the next day, which you'll see on spoilers. I don't, I don't want to give it away in case people haven't seen it. Marty Skrull defeated Leo Rush. This was a nonstop barn burner of a match. only problem I had with it is Leo Rush gets piled, driven, and then wrestles for like six or seven more minutes. Man, that's, that's my big that's – like, that's a big problem with Ring of Honor for me is – People get killed with these moves, and you have – it is – I say that size doesn't matter a lot, but, man, Skrull is a lot bigger than Rush, and if you get killed with a pile driver or something like that, make it mean something. That's that's a big problem on Ring of Honor undercards in general. Like, the, the, the crowd will be ready for the match to end, but the match doesn't end. Either way, this match went on, and it was outstanding. Marty Skrull, that's – it's been one hell of a signing for, for Ring of Honor. And Leo Rush, keep in mind, he's like two and a half years in, and he's this good now. He like Unbelievable how good he is already. 
for for all the the times that Matt Riddle's been put over for how quickly he's improved, man, Rush has improved maybe quicker. I, well, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know how much natural athleticism plays into his game, how he does things. But that guy is just unbelievable to watch. Uh, that the PWG series that he had with Ricochet. Before that, I would say that one of my favorite, like maybe acrobatic series was low-key and Amazing Red maybe 15 years ago. This just dominated that. Uh, Ricochet and Rush, not Skrull and Rush. Although they did have a very good match. But yeah, it's a little bothersome to me to have a pile driver hit and then just fly around the ring right after that, man. That's supposed to cripple people. Maybe that's a little bit of the old school in me talking, but... I think it should be – I think some moves should be protected unanimously. I mean, that's a move that when CM Punk pulled it out, crowd went nuts. What else we got? Kingdom against Dalton Castle and the boys. Okay, so this only went about eight minutes. Whatever Ring of Honor sees in Kingdom, specifically Matt Taven, I don't see it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Maybe you all can let me know. What am I missing? So I, I don't know. What what is what is being lost on me in Matt Haven and Kingdom? Poor TK O'Reilly or TK O'Ryan though. Oh man, he hit a moonsault over by the ringside area and his shins both landed on the the ring barricade and it looked nasty it looked gross they had to wrap up the match almost immediately after that which is a shame because Dalton Castle is incredible this was the boys one of their first real chances to shine in ring of honor man Dalton Castle he's he's something special I do see what people see in him Jay Lethal Bobby Fish this was a hell of a match I kind of wanted Jay Lethal to lose. I, I would love if Jay Lethal had a bit of a losing streak out of losing those championships. And it like made him more determined to to recapture his old glory. Because, I mean, you've run the winning streak gimmick for a long time. And I get it. They kind of want to keep him away from that title picture. But they're in a position where they really can't keep him out of the title picture for very long. Adam Cole might be gone. He might be headed to NXT. Don't know how he'll do there, by the way. I mean, he's... I don't think you all understand how small Adam Adam Cole is compared to main guys until he's until he'll be there. But Jay Lethal will have to be right back in that picture now, right? No Kyle O'Reilly, no Adam Cole. It's rough. No Roderick Strong anymore. Slim Pickens in ROH at the top. Marty Skrull's the TV champion. You know, they got Bully Ray and the Hardys, but do they want them in the title picture? I'm sure Bully Ray will get a title match at some point. But it's questionable. Somebody says big Kentucky win yesterday. Yeah, I'm I was hoping to get this podcast done before one so I could watch this game. Got my old school Anthony Davis bow to the brow shirt or brow down. Big Kentucky fan. Hopefully we can pull off this SEC championship victory. I had a lot of people bring up the your boy shirt. Yeah, that is uh UK basketball inspired, by the way. Sorry for other SEC fans to <laughs> drop that one on you, but yeah, it is the blue, the white, the gray. Also, guys, tell me what you you want to see on this show that I'm going to do for members only. 
because I, I won't ever make these public. This is incentive for you to register at Fightful.com that, that we're going to be doing. It is a quick, like I think you fill out two or three fields, no credit card, no money, anything like that. Just a, a nice register, and we will have our forums up and working soon as well. I know I'm going to get uh, my friend Demon Diva on one of those podcasts. She is incredibly outspoken and fun to talk to about wrestling. Got to hang out and talk to her a little bit about wrestling in San Antonio during the Rumble, and that was a lot of fun. There was a six-man mayhem match. Oh, man, this was fun. Punishment Martinez, he's out of that Monster Factory. I'm a big fan of Danny Cage from the Monster Factory, and, of course, Matt trained there. He was the star of this match. Even though Kazarian won, he and he gets an ROH TV title shot, which is a nice dynamic now because you have Kazarian going after the TV title of Marty Skrull and his buddy Christopher Daniels, and they made up after that match, which was a really cool moment. He won, and Silas Young was in it. I love him. Cheeseburger, love him. Chris Saban, love him. Hangman Page, getting there. I don't quite understand the shooting star shoulder block off the apron that he does. I'm like, that is less impactful than a running shoulder block off the apron. But this was a Punishment Martinez show. He hit an Air Jordan. The old ACH, or not old, he still does it. The ACH move where he springboards from inside the ring off the middle rope then does a, I guess, a Tope Conhilo over the top rope. Unbelievable. I don't know how old this guy is. I can't find, I don't know if I can find the info. <laughs> but I'll ask Danny Cage how old Punishment Martinez is. This was a big uh, weekend for the Monster Factory guys. There were three Monster Factory guys, or a big week. There were three guys backstage from the Monster Factory at Impact last week, and then Punishment Martinez had a great showing. He's the type of guy I'm surprised Vince wasn't interested in, or maybe he is for all I know. I mean, he could be, but we'll find out more about that as time moves on. I was surprised that he and Donovan Dijak both didn't get offered deals. This match was a lot of fun. It was mayhem. It was all over the place. It was a great way to – really, I think this should have opened the show. Speaking of opening the show, uh, Kenny King, Jay White – had a 10-minute match. It was it was okay. I mean, Kenny King isn't as impressive as I remember. I mean, he's 35 now, too. He'll be 36 this year. Tough Enough was a long time ago, and he should have won Tough Enough. But, I mean, at some point, it's, and it's not potential unfulfilled because, I mean, he's a two-time X Division champion. He's an ROH World Tag Team champion in the past. I He didn't hold the ROH TV title, but... You know, he's not that guy that you look forward to, like, when's he going to break out? It's, well, how long is he going to hang around? Now, he's nowhere near Matt Taven territory in that. I mean, I, I, I question. I'm like, why is Matt Taven still still around there? Like, what does he – is his contract real cheap? I don't know what it is. Not to say he's not a talented dude. He is. I just wonder. I just wonder. So, Impact Wrestling. Oh, oh by the way, Ring of Honor, fantastic show. Really good watch on a Friday night. I'm old. I don't go out on Friday nights anymore. If I do, I go watch a movie with my wife or something. Hey, get out. A-plus movie. Way better than Pulp Fiction. Go watch it. Incredible movie. New, fresh, different, creative. Very good movie. You get more of my hot movie takes on that (laughs) that special podcast we do. Impact Wrestling. Oh, boy. Show sucked. It was bad. It was a really 
bad show. I'm going to see if I can get a rundown for it. Okay, so here was the problem. I loved I loved the the Jeremy Borash Josh Matthews initial confrontation. I was okay with Josh Matthews saying this isn't SmackDown. Why do we have three headsets out there? That was nice. I was okay with jo- with JB going. WWE fired you. Josh Matthews did this thing where he put his feet up on the table though, and you could see holes in his shoes. That's kind of tacky. The Pope is great. He's underrated. I'm okay with Jeremy Borash being in the booth. That's cool. Now, this continued throughout the show, and it was really, really annoying. The bickering, the bitching, the whining. The Jeremy Borash getting scoops thing was cool at first, but they they just did it to death. Like, man, a little too much. We'll get to that. Cody Rhodes, Mike Work, and Impact has been great. I really enjoy him. DCC, Reno Scum. Reno Scum are not ready to be on TV, wherever the hell they've been. I think they've been in ROH and GFW before. They were not ready. Also, why the hell is Eddie Kingston wrestling in a friggin' suit? Reno Scum's finish is okay, though. But Reno Scum, they kind of looked, well, one, Jesus. They passing a wellness test? I doubt it. That title back there, a little background. That title was given to me and an indie promotion for winning uh, winning a championship that maybe does 250 on a good day. Now, that's significant because those same titles are what, Ring, or what Reno Scum brought out to the ring on Impact Wrestling. Like, come on, that's a very common title right there. Why are you putting that all over TV? I, for podcaster working out of his office? Sure, put that on your screen. For Impact Wrestling, hundreds of thousands of people, don't do that. It's, I mean, it's, it's weird. I get it. They're trying to put over the fact that they're having tag champions from everywhere come into their show. I get it. The X Division stuff was fine. They're adding some depth to that X Division. Caleb Conley, who plays Suicide now, he was there. Braxton Suter and Allie, I love them. They were their bright spot of the show. Had a problem with Rachel Ellering and Sienna, too. Sienna, I, I don't like her work. I just don't like her work. On the mic, in the ring, don't like it. But why is she selling for Rachel Ellering? Rachel Ellering ain't going to be a big star on TV right now. She was brought in as an enhancement girl. Like, that's it. And they're trading punches in the middle of the ring. Sienna, they're, they're six-foot monster girl, monster heel woman. And Ellering's eating punches and doing the thing where she looks back and she's like, oh. Why the hell would you do that? That's foolish. Foolish. Bruce Pritchard comes out. They're trying to capitalize off of the success of his podcast, and they should. You can tell it's been a while since he's been on camera on the mic, and that's okay. He'll get used to it. Now, here were the second batch of WWE mentions, where he says he was there for The Rock and Stone Cold. Okay. Not big on that, but okay. Bobby Lashley comes out. Bobby Lashley is a joy. He's awesome. He's incredible. Alberto Del Rio follows Alberto El Patron now. And they had an editing error that made it sound like nobody cared when he came out. That's a big snafu. They mic'd that crowd like crap all night. It's And probably the whole tapings in that event. So the whole tapings, it's going to sound like nobody cares. EC3 comes out, but the crowd did make noise for him. He had great mic work. That's no surprise. 
Cody comes back out, tries to fight Moose. He's great. Now here, a segment right after the Bruce Pritchard one. Dutch Mantell is out. Now this is after Jeremy Borash has said, these fans don't like you, the old regime liked you, yada, yada, yada. Bruce Pritchard said a lot of the same things. He said, this is the revival of impact, new name, new management. Okay, we get it. Dutch Mantell comes out and says the same damn thing and teases that his name is Zeb Coulter, but he can't be called that. And then mentions a bunch of guys that don't work there anymore. And says, <laughs> there's a funny thing, where he says, then somebody left that we never thought would. And a fan goes, EC3. And it was 10 minutes after EC3 was on the screen. That was kind of funny. But he says the fans left. And they're going to make impact great again. There was a lot of weird Donald Trump ass kissing on this. The fake news thing, the the president handpicked Bobby Lashley. It's like, okay, like you should never really do the presidential ass kissing thing, whether it's Trump, Obama, Bush, Clinton, whatever, because you're going to divide a lot of your audience if you shove that shit down their throat. If you get on there and you have people, it's point. Everybody's running it. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Damn, make wrestling great again angle. They did it last year when it made sense, when it was hot. Why are you doing it now? This is weird. This is weird. Dutch Mantel's segment did not need to happen. It was pointless. It was stupid. He did not need to be on TV. We get, and they kept saying... The old show sucked pretty much. Damn, there were 300,000 people who were pretty faithful that didn't think that show sucked. Last year, I thought Impact was consistently better than Raw. I thought it was pretty consistently better than Ring of Honor and Lucha Underground. I fell out. I don't watch Lucha Underground ever like within a timely basis. I watch it to know what's going on. That's really the extent of it. They had a, a segment where... The Hardy brothers got lost in space and time. And then Decay found their championships and said, oh my gosh, it worked. So they tried to write off the Hardys and get the title belts back on on Decay. Sure. Del Rio, Lashley, that was a fine match. Or shit, Alberto El Patron, Lashley, that was a fine match. That was okay. But and EC3 being involved, that's good. I've heard they're they're high on him. That's a good move. This was fine. This was good. Not a lot to complain about there. But man, this show was not fun to watch. It wasn't good. Three segments in like the first hour and a half that were like, oh, we're changing, we're changing, we're changing. We get it. You're changing. It's different. We understand it. You don't have to shove that down our throats. And whoever agented that Sienna match, I don't understand that at all. I don't understand that. Who are you getting over there? Are you getting Rachel Ellering over? Because by the tapings that I saw, what I saw from the tapings, it didn't look like it, so I don't understand why that happened. 
Hey guys, go check out uh, Anna Bauert on Talking Sheet this week. She talks to them for about an hour and a half about several things. Also, check out Most Ridiculous with Anna Bauert. The most recent episode is on our sidebar. A new one drops tomorrow. <sighs> Impact sent a cease and desist to the Hardys to prevent them from using the broken gimmick for Ring of Honor or really anything. He's still doing it on Twitter. I'll lay this out. This is Matt's creation. I know this because as I look at this, uh, nine months ago, the man called me on the phone and laid out his vision of this thing. He said, it's going to be so bad, it's good, yada, yada. The dude was so excited, he talked to me about it for an hour. He created this. Now, maybe there's something in his contract that states, all creations under TNA are property of TNA. My contract has that. Like, I had to specify creations that I had before that. Now, maybe he specified that, but them allowing him to use it on the indie circuit before doesn't bode well for them. This is very much his creation, and Rebby went off. And there's a lot of things, man. They Jeff Jarrett being back is what led to them leaving. Matt wasn't happy. And like, I've heard a lot of things like Jeff's trying to leverage a GFW deal out of this and wanted them to, to wait and sign their contracts later so maybe he could get them on GFW deals. Oh, man. And Ed Nordholm, it's, it's a bad look. I'll tell you why it's a bad look in particular. Anthem Sports owns the Fight Network in Canada. The Fight Network just laid off a ton of people from the MMA wing. A ton. Now they're spending all this money to go after the Hardys. That is a bad, bad look. Also, that's a bad look publicly for Impact. You take your two to four or five most beloved characters, because even Rebby at this point is, is in there with them. Maxwell, Senor Benjamin, a lot of them are in there. And you try, <laughs> you try to screw them out of a seven-figure idea that's not going to make you any more money. Release a DVD. I'm sure Matt would love for you all to release a DVD about it. That's, that's tacky. That's a bad look. Mm. It's, it's, it's a bad look to do that. It, it's really rough to take money out of their pockets at this, this page. I don't know. I don't know, but Rebby went off on Twitter. I mean, there were people taking Greyhounds across the country to get through those tapings. So Impact couldn't afford to fly these enhancement talents in, but they're going after Matt and Jeff. They're going after this angle that popped a rating for them, sure, but what are they going to do, give it to Crazy Steve and Abyss? What the hell? That's absurd. Now, I get it. WWE does this all the time, and they they prevent people from doing that, but, you know, I don't think Bill Eady and Barry Darso created Demolition. WWE did. Maybe I could be wrong, but... Hey, they still use it. But this is sour grapes. That's what this is. It's sour grapes. And I've always gotten along with Jeff Jarrett, but and a whole ton of people at Impact. The majority of people at Impact. I get along with great. But yeah, this this is embarrassing. Also, Eli Drake apparently had it out with Jeff Jarrett and maybe Bruce Pritchard a little bit about how much on that show people were like, oh, the old regime sucked. Because he's like, that's a shot at us, man. Good for Eli Drake. Good on Eli Drake. 
awesome for him. Uh, Anna Bowers joining us every Tuesday on the SmackDown show, guys. Now, let me let me explain the reason for it. A lot of people think it's because Rob was on last week's show and it went off the rails. Any show with Rob's going to go off the rails, you guys. No, we get done talking about SmackDown like 25, 30 minutes in. And it's a good show. And it's not that there's nothing to talk about. There is. But when you have two people talking about a two-hour show, it's going to go 30, 35 minutes. On Mondays, it's Alex and I talking about a three-hour show. So that goes a little bit longer. Also, we can bitch about how the show's three hours long. So there's that too. Anna is going to be joining us to add a female perspective. It'll help push her show, which I really want to do. I want to get a lot of you familiar with her. Uh, it'll get her more used to podcasting than if, if I ever have to be out. She can hop on seamlessly. I, I like that too. She'll be back in America this year, so uh, that, that time will match up a little bit better. Also, it helps extend the show. That way we're not running on things to talk about 30 minutes in. Head over to Fightful.com, you guys. All your news, results, videos, photos, interviews. I had an interview up with uh, Jim Ross this week. It's up on our YouTube and iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe. Get that uh, Get that stuff done. It's a good time. Jason Kincaid has a series coming out of his favorite wrestlers and how they influenced him. I think that's a, a fantastic read. In addition to his... Uh, Pro Series articles of wrestling on the streets of Mexico, becoming a top prospect in ROH, and his uh, signing with Evolve. Nobody else is going to give you that kind of insight. Also, register at Fightful.com for free early access to shows like the Matt Riddle broadcast, where he shot. He went off the rails on Goldberg. He wants to shoot on Goldberg. Go check that out. And Shane Helms. The last show I did with Shane Helms is the best show we've ever done. The best show we've ever done. Because I get to talk to him about all the, this hardy business, this creative business, this impact business. And here's the thing. I got to talk to him about last week's show now. I got to ask him about that. So the topic-driven thing is still going to be there. We're still going to have that. But we're really going to delve deep on some of these changes on impact. Before WrestleMania, one of our topic-driven shows will be uh, his experiences at WrestleMania. So getting hit with a frying pan, <laughs> meeting the Rock backstage with Rosie, all kinds of stuff like that. UFC Fortaleza happened last night. This was the show we all deserved after last week's main event. Um, on the prelims, Costa got a quick TKO. That was cool. Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee thought he was uh, UFC's hired gun to take out Francisco Trinaldo because Trinaldo's 38, turning 39 this year, ranked as a top, uh, top 15 fighter. And Kevin Lee said, I don't think the UFC wanted him there. So they put me there. Kevin Lee not ranked, but he's won eight of his last nine. He should be ranked now. He deserves to be ranked. Who are you fools that keep ranking Matt Brown and Jake Ellenberger but aren't ranking guys like Kevin Lee at lightweight? Now, Brown and Ellenberger are at welterweight, but who are you fools? That's slap on site territory right there. Tim, all, Tim Means uh, got beat by uh, Alex Oliveira. This was a fantastic fight to watch. Oliveira submitted Means. This, this fight had a little bit of a built-in storyline as Means landed an illegal knee that stopped their first fight, and he said that Oliveira was milking it. That was good stuff. Betsko, hey, I'm Marion Renault. A lot of people didn't like this fight, but I did. Marion Renault, 39 years old. Betsko, hey, she's just not as good as 
as people would like to have you think. She beat Jessamine Duke and Shayna Baszler, so they put her against Rousey, and Rousey deaded her. And when Ronda Rousey knocks somebody out cold with her hands on the feet, trading strikes, that should tell you how bad the striking is. Because Ronda Rousey's striking is bad, but she has a lot of power and core strength and leg strength. The combined UFC record of people that Betch Kohei has beaten is like 2-13. and 13. And now she has one win in her last four fights. That should scream something to you. Renault really turned it on in the third round. I thought she was going to finish the fight. That was a 10-8 round. Now, they use 10-8 rounds more liberally now. A close round is 10-9. A fairly one-sided round is 10-8. Marion Renault beat the brakes off of her. And on, on one scorecard, won 29-27, which I thought was a little weird. But this was a draw. I scored it a draw. I thought it was the right call. You'll hear more about the returning Showdown Joe talking about this card uh, this week. But th- this was, I thought this was a very underrated fight. A lot of people didn't like it. I did because Betch Kohea conjures emotion. That's something you need in MMA. Marion Renault, who had been called a granny by Betch Kohea, even though she's only six years older than Kohea. This, this is just... Those are the breaks sometimes, man. They're having trouble building contenders in some of these divisions, and you get draws here. Ray Borg, Formiga. So, <laughs> Formiga, man. Like, the guy, they want him to get close enough to get a title shot. They do. But the guy just can't put it together. Can, like, he beat Jorgensen, Makovsky, and Hayes in, like, 2014-15, but then they lost the split to Cejudo. Then he beat Dustin Ortiz, so this would have probably put him in a title contention. Now, here's the situation they're in. They're in a Lineker situation again, where Ray Borg beat him in a good fight. But Ray Borg has missed weight two times. 2016, 2015, Ray Borg missed weight. How can you rely on that guy if you put him in a title fight when in two of his last four fights he's missed weight? You can't. So you have a guy who can't necessarily make weight consistently. Defeating a guy who you want really badly to get a title shot. And a few people thought that Formiga won that fight. Not the majority. Uh, not the majority of media. The majority of fans did on MMADecisions.com. So that's that, that's a tough one. That's that's rough. But Ray Borg, you can give him that title fight. But he doesn't, he doesn't finish fights or hasn't in a few years. And he can't make weight consistently to the level that you're comfortable with. And when you're missing at 129.75, you really wonder if the guy will make the championship weight because you get that pound allowance otherwise. This was another good fight. Jay Barnacle says, what's Eli Drake's beef? Hey, buddy, that's he, they, weren't trashing, they weren't trashing the previous regime and roster in comparison to the old roster. They were just trashing them in general. In general, the Eli Drakes, the Brams, the EC3s of the world, those are talented guys. Brams got personal issues. Lashley, uh, the Wolves are good. I don't like them. I don't like watching them. They're really vanilla to me. But, oh, yeah, that that brawl that broke out between Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards at the beginning. Huh. That was a a little weird. Uh, That was very convoluted and... Just, you can tell they were trying not to hurt the audience. But it's not a, there are talented guys on that roster. It's not what it used to be, sure. But 
when you come out there and you've got some of the same guys and you go, they all sucked. That's, that's stupid. That's stupid. And it, and it's an insult to the people that did stick around both in, both in the ring behind the scenes and the fans. Weird. Edson Barboza, Benil Dariush. Barboza couldn't capitalize on his leg kicks because he was facing a southpaw. It's a little harder to do that. You got a, a little bit further time to travel. You got to telegraph those kicks a little bit more. Benil Dariush was getting some work in. He won on all the scorecards in the first round and was probably winning in the second round. Then he went for he shot in and Barboza caught him with a disgusting knee to the head. Knocked him out cold. The crowd went crazy. This was a great moment. 31-year-old Barboza on a three-fight winning streak that includes Benil Dariush, Anthony Pettis, Gilbert Melendez. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. That was, that's, that's, and now I, I won't be, I won't pretend that uh, Pettis and Melendez were where they used to be. At all, but they're, they're, they're not. But Benil Dariush, that's a hell of a win. That's a big win. So for, for Barboza, it's kind of worrisome that he was, I don't want to say picked apart, but he was peppered a few times in those first couple of rounds. But that knee, oh, damn. That's a fun watch. That's up on uh, Fightful.com. You all got to go check that out. That knee was an absolute beauty, landed right on the head. An absolute beauty was Mauricio Shogunua turning it up on John Vellante. UFC light heavyweight division is crap. The world light heavyweight division is crap. John Vellante is 31 years old, so he's not an old guy. He rotates wins and losses. He's never had a signature victory. This was going to be his signature victory, and he is... Let's see. He's five and five in the UFC. Shogun Hua has now won three in a row. And this was a, an unbelievable fight. Such a fun fight. A great fight. They traded. Shogun looked old, but he still got it done, man. And he turned up that heat in the third round. He just said, forget this. I'm putting you away. I'm not going to risk this. Bariso Shogun Hua is one... Daniel Cormier knee explosion away from getting a, an interim title shot. And even then, you just never know. Like, what if what if Cormier wins? What Maybe John Jones can't come back. Maybe he fails another drug test. Maybe he gets in some more trouble. Mauricio Shogun, who I had a great performance. Uh, guys, now this is an abbreviated show. Of course, we will talk more about these fights this week. Break them down a little bit more. I didn't have time to break these down and analyze everything. So I'm giving a little bit of a rundown. Kelvin Gastelum, Vitor Belfort. Vitor Belfort still has that hand speed. He's way over the hill. He'll be 40 in a few weeks. He's still got that hand speed, and he clipped Kelvin Gastelum a few times. Kelvin Gastelum eventually clipped Vitor several times and knocked him dead. Gastelum's looking just fine. At 185. If I'm him, I stay there. His last three wins. How about Johnny Hendricks, Tim Kennedy, and Vitor Belfort? Damn. Now, here's the thing about... Here's the thing about Gastelum at middleweight. He has beaten Vitor Belfort, Tim Kennedy, Nate Marquardt, Uriah Hall, 
Bubba McDaniel, Josh Saman, Colin Hart, Keto Andrews. He's like in UFC and tough fights, he's like 8-0 at middleweight. Why wouldn't you just stick with that? Just stick with it, man. Do yourself a favor. Do the sport a favor because maybe it'll encourage more people to stop cutting so much damn weight, which I know Showdown Joe will be all over that whenever he gets back from doing absolutely nothing for a week. And I don't know where he is, Cancun or Florida or who the hell knows. Yeah, last night's show was incredible. If you got it on the DVR, go watch it. If you haven't, go watch the highlights. They'll be up on Fightful.com all throughout the day. We've got features coming, uh, news from the, the thing going. Looking for some people, if you, if you want to uh, contribute to Fightful, looking for some people to tweet the post-fight pressers. Do a little work there, a little uh, social media work for us. If you're interested, email me at uh, Sean at Fightful.com. Also, if you're interested in sponsoring the Fightful podcast, email me, Sean at Fightful.com. We've worked with companies like Onnit, Fresh Clean Teas, Sunglass Warehouse, uh, all kinds of people over uh, at Fightful.com. We've worked with Trig Tent, Draft Beast. The list goes on and on. Improve your business. Improve our business. Let's improve our relationship, you guys. Fightful.com, it's the place to be. I am back tomorrow night after Monday Night Raw with Alex Palowski. I believe Showdown Joe will be back tomorrow. Can't say for certain. Until next time, guys, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.